Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. If you were to attend a service in a small church named Sanct Maria in Carthenia, Austria, you might find that the pastor has to pause the sermon for a very unusual reason. You see, a road runs straight through the middle of the church. And while the pastor preaches the sermon in the sanctuary on the east side of a one-lane road, the churchgoers actually sit in a building on the opposite side of the road. As early as 1443, a shrine was erected at this spot in Austria to give travelers a place to pause and to pray as they made their way along an important trade route from Venice to Salzburg. And then in 1754, that roadside shrine was replaced by a chapel. But since there wasn't much room between the road and the slope, the chapel was built on one side of the road with an open side, and the worshipers would just gather on the other side in front of the church on the road. Eventually, a pastor felt sorry for the parishioners who often stood in front of him in the rain and had a two-story structure built on the opposite side of the road where they could be seated. So, when services take place in this small church, the pastor is in one building, the congregants are in another building across the street, and if a vehicle comes by, the pastor has to pause everything, wait for the vehicle to pass in order to continue. I mean, can you imagine that? Cars driving through the middle of the church? It would almost be like one of those human versions of the animal safari parks where cars drive through so that people can observe the wildlife in their natural habitat. Except in this case, the wildlife are the people in this church. Now, I know this is crazy. It's just a crazy thought. But just imagine with me for a moment. What might people observe if they were to just drive through our church, what would they see? Would they see people who who are fully devoted to God? Would they see men and women and boys and girls who, who truly love and care for one another? Would they see a community of people that that extended themselves to serve and to bless others? Or how about this? What if people, what would they see if they could sort of figuratively drive through an average day in in each of our own lives? What would they notice? What would stick out to them? Would they see the teams that we cheer for? Would they see the jobs that we work late at? Would they see our families, our cars, the vacations that we took this year? I wonder what they would see. I wonder what would stand out. Would they see that we're committed to Jesus? How would they know? Well, today, we're in week three of our series, Are You a Disciple? Where we're challenging one another to a season of self-reflection in order to examine each of our own lives for the real evidence that we're following Jesus. You see, there are a few passages in Scripture where Jesus explicitly shares particular ways of being in this world that categorize and characterize his disciples. Essentially, he says that if these ways are evident in our lives, then, then we are truly his disciples. So during this series, we're digging into four of these sayings in order to open ourselves to Jesus's leadership and teaching. And today, today we're going to be diving into John 13, 34 through 35 where Jesus says this, 
a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says his disciples will be known by their love for one another. This is to be the defining mark of his church and of his people. But this word love, it really gets thrown around and applied to so many different things in life that I think sometimes we really lose the depth and really true understanding of its meaning. Sure, I mean, I love my wife, Melissa, but I also love ice cream. I love bow hunting and I love attempting to play golf. I mean, there are degrees to love, right? So when Jesus commands us to love one another, Is he asking me to love you like I love my wife or like how I love bow hunting? (laughs) Which, by the way, are both pretty strong degrees of love, but I do want to take this opportunity to clarify that I do love my wife more. (laughs) But to grasp the kind of love Jesus is talking about here, let's dig into the context around this saying, and I think it will become clear. See, Jesus makes this statement during his last supper with his disciples which was his final meal before he was crucified. And this was a really pivotal moment in the disciples' lives. And it's it's sandwiched between two other really critical events that I think help us understand the depth of the love that Jesus is calling us to. See, right before this moment, in the same chapter of John, chapter 13, Jesus displays his incredible humility and willingness to serve his disciples by washing their feet. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, Jesus' disciples are about to sit down for a meal, but they're dirty and they're gross from their travels. And there is no one there to wash their feet, which was typically a job reserved for the lowest of the low in their society. Now, how many of you think feet are gross today, right? Yeah, feet are often stinky and feet are dirty And yet feet in Jesus's day were 1,000 times more gross than ours. I'm sorry to bring it up, but think about it. People walked around in sandals on muddy roads filled with all sorts of different animals. Even today, you can't even buy a Slurpee at 7-Eleven without shoes. So you can understand why nobody wanted to eat a nice dinner with 12 guys after a long hike without washing their feet in Jesus's day. Let me assure you, These feet were gnarly, they were nasty. But what does Jesus do? He ties on an apron, he gets down on his knees, and he washes each of their nasty feet. This is Jesus' love in action. It is a love that is radically humble. It is a love that is more concerned with serving the people around him than with his own image or with his own comfort. This was a radical act of love back then, and I think it still would be today. This is how Jesus loved his disciples. And not long after this shocking act of servant-hearted love, Jesus gathers around a table with his friends, and he says to them, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, we could get a little confused by what Jesus is saying here because the command to love 
Well, it, it wasn't actually new. The Old Testament is full of commands to love. Jesus had talked about love before in his teachings. However, what was new here was the scope of this command. That is what made it new. Disciples of Jesus are to love one another as Jesus has loved them. In other words, as disciples, we're to love one another to the extent that Jesus demonstrated love to his friends. This is a radically new depth of love. I mean, after all, it wasn't just what Jesus did before this saying that demonstrated his love. The newness of this command took on even more significance in what he did after. Right after the Last Supper, Jesus begins his slow, painful journey to the cross. A journey that will include these very same disciples betraying and abandoning him. But even though his disciples would falter, Jesus' love would not. It was a journey Jesus was set on taking because it is only through his death that the relationship between, between God and, and humanity could be repaired. This was Jesus' ultimate act of love. He embodied perfect, selfless love, a unique and radical love that would wash feet and even die for his brothers and sisters when they would so quickly turn their back on him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how these words of Jesus, to love one another as I have loved you, would sound to the disciples after they had experienced Jesus' extraordinary love in such personal ways? I mean, they felt his hands on their feet. They would know that this wasn't a, an ice cream kind of love. This was a depth of love expressed, expressed through service and sacrifice they had never experienced or even heard of before. And it's important to know that Jesus is talking specifically about how we love one another within his church. This kind of love is meant to be a defining characteristic of our relationships with one another. But unfortunately, today, it, it's all too common for people to associate Christians with words like division or, or judgment or hypocrisy. All you have to do is spend 10 minutes on social media, uh, the, especially the one formerly known as Twitter, to see that many of us have, have lost that loving feeling. But Jesus' intent for his followers was something very different. We are to be known for his selfless, sacrificial kind of love. Jesus said it's that love that will mark us as his disciples as followers of Jesus. Now, notice what he doesn't say. Notice that he doesn't say it's religious rituals. Notice that he doesn't say it's theological knowledge. Notice that he doesn't say it's simply doctrinal correctness. What will reveal to the world that we're his disciples? It's love. It's when we, as his followers, imitate his selfless, sacrificial actions, that true beauty of his supernatural love can be revealed to the world. If you have ever seen or experienced this side of the church, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, one of the great 
privileges that, that I have as being a pastor in a large church context like ours with communities spread all over Chicago and now all throughout the world through our microchurches are the stories that, that I get to see and to hear. Stories that are often invisible to most people, but are happening all around us all the time. Stories of the church living out this radical kind of love for people who are struggling or, or going through a difficult circumstance. I've been brought to tears so many times by the way our church has loved people walking through difficulty and crisis. I've seen hospital rooms flooded with cards and flowers and frequent visitors. I've seen small groups gathering outside hospital windows in the freezing cold to, to pray for people during the pandemic. I've seen countless dinners lovingly delivered to tables of those who are, who are carrying more than they could handle. I've seen radical generosity on display as families drowning in hospital bills are, are given everything they needed and even more. I've seen hours and weeks and months and even years of, of shared friendship, of mentorship, of laughter and of tears. I've witnessed more stories of selfless, sacrificial love in God's people than I could ever recount, and it has filled me with an increased gratitude for the church. Friends, this is a massive deal, because when this unique kind of, of Jesus love is absent in the church, our witness is compromised, and the world cannot see Jesus in us. When Jesus calls us to love one another as I have loved you, it is a specific call for us to love one another as the disciples of Jesus. This is meant to be our primary means of witness to the watching world. This selfless, sacrificial, Jesus kind of love just might be our most effective testimony and influence in the world. I mean, think about it. When the world looks at the church and it sees divisions and strife or the absence of love in the church, why would they want to be a part of it? Why would they want to move toward the Jesus we profess and, and perhaps get caught in our crossfire? But when we imitate his love, it is beautifully attractive. This is why love has to be our priority. As Jesus said, by this, this kind of love, Everyone will know that you are my disciples. This radical Jesus kind of love is how we are meant to share Jesus with our world. And yet loving one another as he has loved us, well, it isn't easy, is it? It's really difficult. Let's face it. Sometimes I'm not easy to love, right? Sometimes you're not easy to love. I mean, come on, you know it's true. And you know what else is true? That's true of every person. All of us can be difficult to love sometimes. That's just the way human relationships go. So if we feel overwhelmed by this high bar of love, we have to remember, we have to remember that the power source for this supernatural ability to love one another is actually Jesus's love for us. The power to love one another in his selfless, sacrificial way comes from being the recipient of that kind of love from Jesus himself. The Apostle Paul says this in his letter to Romans. He says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In fact, 
in our key passage for today. Scholars note that the word translated as as in as I have loved you could also be translated from, from the way I have loved you, love one another. Jesus is saying, out of the depths of my love for you, love one another. What this means is that the more that we grow in the understanding and experience of Jesus's love for us, the more we'll be able to love one another. Think of it this way. I recently learned about something called mirror neurons. Maybe you've heard of them. They're this incredible little neuron in our brain that responds equally when we witness someone perform an action and when we experience it or do it ourselves. It's how we make sense of the actions of others, and it's biologically how we learn to imitate as babies and all the way through our life. So why does this matter? Well, here's the key. Our very neurological system is designed to actually feel the emotions of others, to foster empathy, and to learn by watching. So how do we learn to love? Well, by looking at Jesus. As we experience his love, as we witness his love for others, we begin to feel what he feels, to love what he loves. His love is poured into our hearts, empowering us to love one another. Open yourself more and more to the love of Jesus, and you will find that you will grow in your ability to love others. Church, We live in a world where power, status, self-preservation, well, they often take precedence over love. But Jesus is calling us, his followers, to a different standard. It is a call to love like he loves. In our polarized world that's just flooded with conflict, we have the opportunity to bear witness to a different kind of kingdom, the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom filled with disciples of Jesus who hear his call to be selfless and sacrificial and to to love and to love in the way that he loves and to do what he says. We're all a work in progress when it comes to loving one another. It isn't easy. There are real barriers to overcome in order to live into this kind of love, physical, spiritual, and emotional divides. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we can still be pulled apart by culture wars, differences in opinion, and past hurts. And yet, Jesus still shows us a better way, His way. And if we follow him in his way of love, the world will know that we are his disciples. New Testament scholar Gary Burge writes this, Nothing so astonishes a fractured world as a community in which radical, faithful, genuine love is shared among its members. There are many places you can go to find communities of shared interest. There are many places you can go to find people just like yourself who live for sports or for music or gardening or politics. But it is the mandate of the church to become a community of love, a circle of of Christ followers who invest in one another because Christ has invested in them, who exhibit love not based on the mutuality and attractiveness of its members, but on the model of Christ who washed the feet of everyone including Judas.
One of the best ways that we can love one another is by investing in one another, by helping one another grow as disciples of Jesus, by pointing each other toward the example of Jesus, who is the best model of love. And this is, is one of the things that makes U Plus Discipleship Conversations so special. They're an opportunity to come alongside one another and help each other hear from God so that we can do what He says. And you can have a U Plus conversation with anyone who loves Jesus and loves you. It's a simple conversation where you can begin to discover how your life could be impacted for the better when you're growing in connection with God, the church, and the world. It begins with a short devotional experience that will help you create space to pray and to listen for what God might be saying to you. And it could be that God is leading you to take a next step in the area of your relationship with the church. Perhaps it's time for you to engage in more meaningful friendships in the church by joining a small group. Perhaps there's a relationship in the church that has been broken, and it's time for you to take step towards forgiveness and reconciliation. Perhaps it's time for you to selflessly serve others in the church by joining a ministry team in the church or in the community. We don't know what your next steps are in your connections with God and the church and the world, but we're confident that God wants to speak to you and lead you, and a U-plus discipleship conversation can help you hear from Him so that you can do what He says. If you're ready to take that step, all you have to do is go to uplus.info or scan the QR code that's on the screen and get started. As we close, I want to take us back to that little church in Austria, you know, the one with the road running through it. Imagine if people drove through our church, if they encountered our community, and they saw people loving one another with a Jesus kind of love. They would see people who, who pray for one another, who listen well and who understand. They would see us sharing meals with each other, surrounded by people who may look and speak and think differently than we do. They would see us serving others generous, generously with our time, with our efforts and our resources. They would hear us sharing stories of, of how God's love has, has transformed our lives. Isn't that beautiful? That's the sort of church I believe God has called us to be. Together, we want to live as genuine disciples of Jesus and experience that full and flourishing life that we were created to live. Let's commit to coming alongside one another and encouraging each other in the journey of discipleship. Let's be people who follow Jesus. Let's be recognized not for our disagreements or judgments, but for our selfless, sacrificial love for one another. Let's be disciples who hear from God and do what he says. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Our mission is to help you find your way back to God. And by listening today, you've already taken your first step. And we'd love to help you take a next step in your relationship with God, the church, and the world. It's how we're all embracing the flourishing life that Jesus talks about, a life we call U+. Visit communitychristian.org to take a next step, learn more, give generously, and plan your visit. We hope to see you on a Sunday soon.